doing today? Good morning. Amen. Well, I think I met most of you. Um, I'm Pastor Rondell from Tony Seniors Church over in uh, Tampa or Sefner area, Living Water Ministry. So and I, I guess Pastor Tony, you're Tony, because I have a Pastor Tony Senior. You understand? <laughs> I want to confuse you, amen? amen? So you asked me to fill in while he's away, and man, we all need, we all need some rest and so forth. So we pray that and thank the Lord that he's getting some rest right now. But let's pray before we start, Heavenly Father. We just, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, we give you praise and glory for waking us up this morning. And we want to thank you, Lord, for this ministry, Heavenly Father, that they would know that they're here, not by accident, but because you've sent them, sent them to this place to receive your word and, and given them a pass after your own heart to bring them into knowledge and understanding, bring them to another level. So we thank you that every time they come together, Lord, we will receive the word in their hearts, receiving correction, receiving truth so we can please you more. And we just give you glory and praise and thanks for the word we have today as well. Let it touch and minister to every heart and mind that would be receptive, knowing that we're coming, that you're coming soon and, and we need to be ready for that. And we thank you for this and give you all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So the title of this morning's message is, I won't tell you yet. Because, you know, the, the question we can kind of ask ourselves is, do we, how many of us really believe that we're living in the, the end times? And we, we say we know we do, amen, but, but, but the other thing we have to ask ourselves is, what am I doing about it? That's the most important thing, really, right? We can know something, but like the old cartoons just say, knowing is only half the battle, amen? amen. If you know something, you got to do something about it. So the Bible teaches that we need to be doing something if we know something. In 2 Peter chapter 3, it talks about the judgment of God that's coming, the fire, the judgment of things. Things, it talks about things melting. Very powerful, 2 Peter 3, 10 to 14. So if we know that, he says that we should be diligently making sure that we're serving and seeking God so that when he comes, there is no spot or blemish in our life. That's a powerful thing that we think about. Will I have a spot or blemish when Jesus comes? Jesus said we should be diligently seeking his word to make sure that when he does come, there's no spot or blemish. So we have to be thinking about that. We, we, we just can't go through our Christian life and think that, okay, I'm just doing my duty. No, no. Am I really right or ready to, to, to meet the Lord? Am I ready to hear that sound of the trumpet? And we're going to go through some examples of that. Amen. See, the, the thing is, I think a lot of times we know that we're in the end. We see the signs and so forth. But really and truly in our heart, I don't think we really believe that. We really don't believe that. And I think... That's why the Lord kind of gave me this message, and, and, and we'll, we'll go through this. Let's, let's go to Revelation chapter 1. Powerful book. We, we all know that. And why is it so powerful? Well, the Lord gives us so many things, so many things he describes. He's telling us about the future. You know, you got some theologians and some so-called scholars and, and say that, well, they think the Bible needs to be rewritten because of the, the, we're living in a different time and all that. Uh, so, so you're saying God didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, you, you know, it's just a shame. But that's, the, that's where we're living. So you have to be really grounded in God's word, not allowing things to hinder or, or, again, distract you from serving and pleasing God. So in Revelation, let's look at the verse first in, in chapter 1, verse 1. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. I want you to see in that first verse, he's showing him something. He's, he's telling him things that must shortly 
come to pass. So he's, there's some key words I, I want you to, to pay attention to as we read here. In verse 2, he says, Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. In 3, he said, Blessed is he that readeth. So a lot of people will say, Well, I'm blessed if I read the book of Revelation. Okay, that's part of it, but let's keep reading. He says, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things that are written therein. You see that? What, what is the Lord showing us? We, we, James 1.22, we can't just be a hearer of the word and not a doer. Amen? So he's saying we need to hear and do. That's what he, when he says hear and keep, keep meaning do, keep his commandments. But look what he says in the last part of verses. For the, for the things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. You see that? The time is at hand. So key words here. Verse 1, he says shortly. Now he's saying it's at hand. God wants us to see there's an urgency when he's showing us, his, giving us his word. There's an urgency here. That word shortly there, it means a brief space of time. That means a short period of time. It means in haste or speedily. See, we think about, well, we got a long time. But see, when you compare eternity, it's not that long. You, you see what I'm saying? This is, he's saying these things will shortly come. It's near. That word at hand means very, uh, very near in place or time. Very near. Close at hand. So God is, again, giving us some descriptive words to kind of get a sense of the urgency here. We're going to skip to chapter 22 of Revelation. Let's uh, go to verse 6. I appreciate him doing that because I know you guys use the monitors and so forth. So in verse 6 of Revelation, it says, And he said unto him, I want to, I'd like to wait until, uh, oh, okay, well, let, let's, we'll just keep going. He says, and he said unto him, these sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Amen. See that again? The things which must shortly be done. Verse 7, he says, behold, I come quickly. Again, key words here, shortly, quickly, near, at hand. That word quickly there, if you look at it in the Amplified, it says speedily. So he says, I've come speedily. I'm coming quickly. Another key word, and that's the title of the message is, I come quickly. So he says, behold, I come quickly. Blessed, are he, blessed is he that keepeth, there's that word again, keepeth those, uh, the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Meaning, again, to keep God's commandments, to do his word. He says, and I, John, saw these things in verse 8 and heard them, and when I heard them, uh, when I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See, thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. See that? And he said unto me, Seal not the sayings, verse 10, of this prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Again, the time is very near. Very near. Look at verse 11. He says, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. What is he talking about? See, we're, we're, we've come to the end, and, and we're, we're at a time where, 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 where whatever spiritual condition you're in is the situation you're going to be in when he comes. Amen. You see that? Let the unjust, they'll be unjust still. The righteous will be righteous still. Where are you in your spiritual walk with God? We have to make sure that we're in the right place because, see, many people like to use uh, an excuse and say, well, 
you know, I'm just going to do my own thing right now, and then later on, I, I'll get serious with God later. You can't use that with God. God is saying, we're coming to the point to where if you're in that condition, that's the situation you're going to stay in when I, when I arrive, when I come, when I sound the trumpet. So we need to make sure that we're in right standing with God all the time. And we're going to see a good example here. I love it it's so good because, again, it's just God's word is so powerful. We have, to, we have to really always, 2 Corinthians 13 talks about evaluating ourselves realistically. I need to evaluate myself realistically, really where I am. Am I really serving God according to his word? Am I really living to please God? Am I doing my own thing? These are things we have to ask ourselves. We judge ourselves so we will not be judged. Amen. Don't take the word of God lightly. So he's given us some warnings again with his word, uh, his word here. Look at verse 12. He says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his works shall be. See that? We know there's many false ministers and teachers that are teaching out there we don't have to do works. We're not saved by works. Well, right. I didn't have to do a work for Jesus to go to the cross for me. I didn't do anything for him to die on the cross for me. Of course, that makes perfect sense. But... If I accept what he did for me and I claim to have a relationship with him, there should be some works in my life. You see what I'm saying? There should be some change in my life. I can't say I'm a Christian and I'm still living the same way I did before I knew God. Something is wrong. You're talking about, you're saying you had an encounter with the almighty God and you're still the same person? I don't think so. When you really experience God, there's a change in your life. Amen. And that change should be seen. People should say, wow, you know, something, something is different. You know, you, you're not the same person. Something has to change if you claim to, to have an experience with the almighty God. So, so we, we see what he's saying here. There, there should be works. But anyway, we can just go through many scriptures. I gave you some examples. Don't have to turn there. You don't have to show these scriptures, but you can write them down and read them later. But Ephesians 2.10, it talks about we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So unto good works. I mean, you, you, you always have to stick with the word of God. doesn't matter what these people are saying. They got a huge church. They got all these people. It doesn't matter. What, what is God saying? Right? What is God saying? John 4.12, he says, the works I do, you shall do. Sounds like we have to do works. Titus 3.8, it also says, and those that believe in God are to be careful to maintain good works. So I think God makes it pretty clear. Works should be manifesting in my life if I claim to have a relationship with him. Amen. Amen. So let's skip, skip, uh, keep skipping down. We're going to read a couple more verses in uh, uh, verse 20. He says, he was testified these things, saying, surely I come quickly. Now notice that we, we know in red, Jesus is speaking the word specifically when it's in red. The last thing he said in the book of Revelation was, surely I come quickly. I think he wants us to get an idea that this is pretty important. Amen. This is pretty serious. He's telling us that. He says, amen, even so come, Lord Jesus. So that word quickly there means soon. Soon. Without delay. Without delay. I want you to hold on to that word, without delay. By surprise. Another word, again, these are words that you study this word in, in the Greek quickly. By surprise, also it says suddenly, suddenly. So, I mean, again, these, these are very descriptive words as we read the Bible here, especially Revelation. The Lord is saying he's coming quickly, suddenly. Will it be a surprise to you when he comes? See that? Will it be a surprise to you? Well, I'm a Christian. I go to church. That's not what I asked you. I said, are, will it be a surprise to you when he comes? In other words, you, you, you weren't doing what you're supposed to do, and we'll get into this. I want to get ahead of myself because I believe that the church needs to hear this because God's word is, is so powerful. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.16, it says that we should be redeeming the time. 
because the days are evil. I remember my, one of my sister-in-law, she she's, loves the Lord and the Lord sure things sometimes. I remember going back, she, she had a dream or a vision, whatever it was, and, 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 and she saw a clock, and the clock was going backwards fast, like it was counting down. I, I, I think the, the Lord wants, to, wants us to understand and see that the time is running out, church. It's running out, amen? We can see the way this world is going. I mean, there's so much evil and corruption. It's a shame. It's a shame. But God said it would happen. These are signs for the church to be aware and say, hey, wake up. I need to make sure I'm ready because look at what's going on around me. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 10.25. We know that scripture talks about forsaking not assembling together with the brethren as we're here today in church. If we know that time is running out, we should be doing these things in church on a regular basis. More maybe than before. You know, because we know we want to be ready. Romans 13.11 also, it says, our salvation is nearer than when we believed. Nearer than when the words that God is saying, I'm coming is, is much closer now than when you said you gave your life to the Lord. Every day we're getting closer to the coming of the Lord. So what are we doing about it? It seems as though he's coming sooner and we're slacking off. We've got to turn that around. Amen. We have to turn that around. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 9. And we don't, you know, we don't receive, we, we, we know, I'm sure you've learned this in, uh, in the Bible, it's Hebrews 12. It's, we're going to Hebrews 9, but I'm just saying it's chapter 12. It talks about chastisement, amen, and, and, and correction. So, so we don't receive the word, you know, there's no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus. As a Christian, I understand I have to receive correction so that I can please God. Amen. So I don't get mad about it. I say, thank you, Lord, because he's trying to make me more like himself. If, read Hebrews 12, it's so powerful. Romans 8, 29, he talks about conformance into the image of his son, right? So, so how does he do that? By making changes in my life. How does he do that? Through correction. So we receive the word of God. We don't, we don't get upset when we hear something. We say, thank you, because you're trying to conform me into your image to make you more like yourself. That's, a, that's just a little extra, amen? amen. <laughs> so in chapter 9 of uh, Hebrews, some good verses here. Look at chap, uh, chapter 9, verse 26. He says... Uh, for then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared, away, uh, appeared I'm sorry, to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. See that? But now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So we know that's Christ. He came and appeared. He came, died, arose, uh, arose again, died for our sins. Why? To put away sin, right? He was the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. We have victory over sin now through the power of his spirit, through grace. It's the power to please God. But I want you to keep reading, and we, we, we know these things. We, should, we know that already. So look at verse 27. It says, And, that is, uh, and as, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So Christ once was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. See that? So he was once offered to bear the sins of men. Like I just explained, he came, he died on the cross for our sins. We know that. But he's coming again. Now, when he comes again, will everybody see him? Well, he just told us who's going to see him. What does it say? He says, unto them that look for him shall he appear. See, we know there's two things. God, the Lord will come, First Thessalonians 4 explains that in the rapture of the church in the cloud, we're going to meet him in the air. 
So shall we ever be with the Lord, be with the Lord. First Thessalonians 4, 13 and 17. Then there's also the second event of Christ when he comes and put his foot on the earth. Then all will see him. See, that's a, two different things. Matthew 24, 30, also Revelation 1, 7 explained that. But when he comes in the cloud, only those who are looking for him, only those who are prepared, is what he's saying, will see him. See, there's a good example of this in John 12. I just want you to, we'll go there real quick because it's so good. John 12, verse 28. Such a powerful example. And the Lord gave me this message going back, and I was just like, wow, this is, this is so clear. You see, but as you, when we study, the Lord opens up our eyes to see things. And this is just going to quick side point here, too. So I don't want to go off on too many tangents because I want you to stick with the foundation of what the message. But this, this ties right in. So in John 12, verse 28, it says, so Jesus is getting ready to give his life up now, right? The, the Last Supper is coming up and all these things are getting ready to take place. So in verse 28 of uh, John 12, he says, Father, glorify thy name. It says, then there came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Right? Here's the good part. Then the people, or the people, therefore, that stood by and heard it, said it thundered. Others said, and angels spake to him. Hmm, let's think about this now. The father spoke to Jesus. All the people, were, these people, you know, certain people were there. Some people heard thunder. Some people heard a voice. First Thessalonians 4.13, it says, At the sound of the trumpet, the dead in Christ will rise, and those who are alive and remain will be caught up in a cloud to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. What will you hear when that trumpet sounds? See that? Which part of the group are you a part of here? Those who stood by and heard thunder or those who heard a voice? You've you got to evaluate yourself. Where am I at with God? Don't just think that I'm okay. No, no. Am I really in the place where God wants me so I can have that connection? So when that trumpet sounds, I hear that come up hither. See, when, the, when I the, sorry, uh, gave this message going back, it says that, specifically it says there, the people, therefore, that stood by heard thunder. Stood by, what does that mean? When you study that word stood by, it means to be present but not involved. See that? Again, where are you in your walk with God? Are, 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 yeah, I'm a Christian. Are you present only and not involved in the words? In other words, what is he saying? You don't allow this word to make any changes and correction in your life, but you go into church, you say you're a Christian. Are you involved with the word of God? Or are you just present? Because if you're present, you're going to hear thunder. That's what he's showing us. This word is so powerful when we study it. We can't make any excuses. So we see there, and, and we, we read in Hebrews 9, he said that those that are looking will see, will, 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 uh, will see him when he comes. See, that word salvation, and, and I kind of wanted, wanted to go on that because he says he will appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So he came the first time to, on, uh, to die on the cross for our sins. The next time he comes, is, he's not coming because of sin. He's coming to deliver, to bring salvation. See, he brought salvation before. I went over this Wednesday. He brought salvation before to deliver, for, deliver us from sins. Romans 6, 14 says, sin shall no longer have dominion over you, right? So we have power over sin. The next time he comes is to deliver us also, but not from sin. From what? From judgment. From the wrath of God. 
That's what's coming next, church. The rapture of the church takes place, and then here we go, seven-year peace treaty with Israel. They break it in three and a half years. Then all these things start. We can read it in Revelation, also in Thessalonians. So he's coming again for what? To deliver us from the judgment of God. But the, but the question is, did you allow him to, to deliver you from sin? You see what I'm saying? We have to go through this stage by stage here. Allow his salvation to take place in my life by allowing him to make correction, cleansing me and purging me, sure, so that when he comes now in the cloud, I'm ready to go. Amen? Amen. So we have to make sure that we're allowing his word to be manifested. See, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, you don't have to turn there, but just give it to you, you can read it later. It says that God had not appointed us to wrath. See that? See, a lot of people want to believe, and there's many teachings out there, that the church will be going through the tribulation. The church will be here during the tribulation. There's, there's pre-trib, pre, uh, mid, and post, right? There's all these different, uh, I guess, ideas or descriptions of will the church be around during that time. But, but see, again, you always have to study God's word. You, see, man say this, that, that, that. Okay, w- what does God say? You have to always go to the word of God when you have a question about something. Of course, you have men of God and people, sure, ministers and things, different people that know the word can help guide you according to the word. But it's not about my opinion or I think. No, no, no. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I think. What does God think? Amen. Amen. That's all that matters. So he makes it very clear in his word. In Luke 21, 36, he says, watch and pray that you may be accounted worthy to escape. Worthy to escape the things that are going to come upon the earth and to stand before the Son of Man. That word escape, if you study that in the Greek, it means to vanish. What's that? That's the rapture, church. So God is making it clear. We're not going to be here. We're not going to be here. We're going to be out of here as long as we are watching and praying, as long as we are prepared, as long as we are looking. See, it, it, see we're not just looking, saying, okay, where is he? I'm ready, you know, he's coming from the side, from the east. No, no, I'm looking at my life and making sure that my life is lined up with God's word. So that way I'm prepared and I'm ready to be out of here. So we just can't take this word lightly. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 because I want you to see something here because... This is a big thing that, that, this, uh, that, that, that God wants us to see that's happening to many people. And with this in a life, Hebrews chapter 12, no one is going to see God, he says. So chapter 12 of Hebrews, look at verse 14. He says, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. See that? Follow peace with all men. Are you at peace with all men? Or you don't like this person? You don't like that person? They made you mad and all this kind of stuff. Now you have unforgiveness. He says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Look at verse 15. Looking diligently, right? I need to look diligently. I need to, to, to evaluate myself. Lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. See that? Many will be defiled because of bitterness. Not just some people. He says many. What, what is he saying? We have to make sure that you don't have any also unforgiveness towards anybody. Amen? Amen. Doesn't matter what he did. You have to forgive. Right. We have to forgive. And how do we do that? Say, well, how, it's Romans 5.5. 5. He shed a love, his love and brought in our heart by the Holy Ghost. So God gave you his love because he knows with our love is sternness. We can't forgive people. But if I get out of my flesh and walk in the spirit and allow his love to overtake my life, I forgive anybody. Because it's through Christ, right? It's his love in me that's helping me to forgive someone. 
So don't have an all the unforgiveness towards anybody. You have to forgive. God is telling you right here, if you have that in your heart, you're not going to see God. You're going to see him, but you won't live with him forever. Because what is he going to say? You know, he's not all done, my good and faithful servant. So, you know, we've got to think about that. You have to forgive everyone. It doesn't matter what they did. We need to make it right. Go to him and say, you know what? I didn't like you, but I want to make it right with you right now. Amen? Amen. And God will honor that. So we've got to see how important God's word is. See, because... You know, and, and even when it, just touching on that a little bit, too, because when it comes to unforgiveness, a lot of times we it, it, it deals with uh, we like to keep a record sometime on how people wronged you. Mm-hmm. Hear what I'm saying? We, 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 we keep a record. We remember everything this person did. Amen. Something is wrong. You didn't forgive this person because God says when you forgive, he, he throws us. He separates that the iniquity as far as east is from west. So. So if I'm still remembering, something is wrong. Hebrews also talks about that. In Hebrews, um, I think it's 8, 13, talks about he doesn't remember our iniquities or sins anymore. So if God forgave, why, why do you still remember? So, so that's something is wrong. So we have to be able to forgive and just let things go. Again, it takes you being in the spirit. You can't be in the flesh because in the flesh, we can't forgive anyone. Now let's get into this real good here. Let's go to Exodus 24. And we know these stories, but I just want to bring it out here so we can kind of get a hold of this. So in Exodus 24, if you read this, Moses is getting ready to go up and spend some time with the Lord. We'll read a couple of verses. Let's look at verse 12. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mountain and be there. I like that. He says, Come up to the mountain with me. Or unto me into the mountain and be there. Be there. What does, he, what does he mean? See, in other words, sometimes we can be somewhere, but our mind is somewhere else. Amen. Right? Yeah. So, so God is saying, be here with me. Just like we're in church, we, we, we can't be thinking about tomorrow's work, or tomorrow, later on I got to do that. No, no, no. Be there. Be, 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 be there with God when he's, he's sharing the word with you. Amen? Amen. So he says, and I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. So he's going to give him the commandments and some different instructions here. So it says, And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua, and Joshua went into the mountain of God. Uh, I'm sorry, and Moses. And Moses went up to the mountain of God. And he said unto the elders, Tarry here for us until we come again unto you. Seems simple enough, but it's very important, those words there. Tarry here for us until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and her are with you. If any have any matter to do, let him come unto them. Right? Why is that so significant? Because in John 14, Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Okay, I will come again. Now, when we read this story here, Moses didn't say, Terry, here for me. I'll be back in 40 days. I'll be back in 20 days. I'll be back in a year. He didn't give him a time frame. All he says, I will come again. So that's all we need to go for. He said he's coming again, so we've got to believe what he's saying. Jesus said he's coming again. He didn't give us a time frame, but he said he's coming again. It's very important. Look at verse 15. 
And Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. So now he's gone, right, into the mountain. And it talks about the glory of the Lord abode upon the mountain. And then keep reading inside that the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire in 17. Now in 18, now we find out how long he was going to be there. Because he says, and Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mountain. And Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. So we, we know as readers, but it, Moses didn't tell them how long he was going to be away. Just like the Lord didn't tell us how long he was going to be away. But he did say he's coming again. That's all we have to hold on to. So what happens here now? We've got to see something. Let's go to 32, because from here, 25, you go all the way to 32. The Lord is giving Moses instructions about the, the, the temple, about the priestly garments, all these different things. There's so many instructions here. A lot of things he's getting about the priests, about the anointing oil. Lord, the Lord has just shown him so much. So now we go to chapter 32, because now he's done. He's getting ready to come back and so forth, but he's, the Lord has given him all this information. So in chapter 32, look at verse 1. I'll just read it for you. So it says, And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mountain, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods which shall go before us. For as this Moses, the man that brought, up, uh, brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we won't not, or we know not, what has become of him. See that? And when the people saw that Moses was delayed, what's happening now? So now the people think he's delayed, so now they're moving into what? Idolatry. See, there's a lot of things in this verse here, because it says, as for Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt. Well, one thing is, first of all, Moses didn't bring you up out of the land of Egypt. God did. Moses was a vessel used by God. To, 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 illustrate, to manifest that situation so it could take place. God was the deliverer, not Moses, right? Amen. But see, that's very similar to the church community that we're living in in this time and day. Many people have a relationship with a man and not a relationship with God. So now whatever this man says or does, they follow instead of following what God says. That's a problem. That's a problem. But the, Bible, the Lord says that that would take place. So we can see here, now they're looking to Aaron, and in the verse 2 it says, And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings, of which, your ears, uh, uh, which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them unto me. So now he's getting the gold, right? Now Aaron, the Lord, we just read in 24, Moses told Aaron, he told the people, Aaron and Herod, they're with you. If you have a matter, go to them. Now he's supposed to be watching over the sheep while Moses is away. Instead of watching over them and making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do, he's leading them into idolatry. You see that? See, 2 Timothy 4.3 says, The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Just as they look for a man to lead them and say it's okay for us to worship an idol, same thing is happening in the church today. How so? Because instead of wanting to hear God's word, they'd rather hear what this man is saying. That's exactly what is happening, and that's where we are, and that, that's what happened back here as an example. Instead of serving God and doing what he requires, they're looking to satisfy their lust. Look at verse 5. It says, And when Aaron saw it, he built, uh, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast 
to the Lord. You see that? Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Wait a minute. You're making a golden calf, but you're having a feast to the Lord. What kind of confusion is that? But that's exactly where many Christians are today. You say, well, what do you mean? Because we serve God how we want to serve God and think that we're serving God. We, see, we can't pick and choose. You know, well, yeah, that sounds good. You can't do that. I'm gonna, we'll go into this a little bit, too. But let's go back to verse 1, because that's what I wanted you to focus on in chapter 32. He says, and when the people saw that Moses was delayed. Now, now think about that. Was Moses delayed? Moses wasn't delayed. He had a set time that he would be there. A set time. Is Jesus delayed? He's not delayed. He knows when he's going to come. But just like here, he says that the people thought he was delayed. The people thought he was delayed. And because they thought he was delayed, they moved into idolatry. Church, I'm trying to show you that this is exactly what is happening in the body of Christ today. Because the Lord didn't say, I'm coming back 2020, January 1st. I didn't, I'm, not, I'm coming back on January uh, 20 of 19 of December. Because he didn't give us a time frame, many Christians have moved into idolatry. Well, how is that? Same, just as they did, creating their own God by serving God based on how they feel or how they think instead of based on what God's word says. Simple as that. The enemy has many Christians in a mindset of delay. Well, I got a lot of time, so, so it's okay if I do this. Well, you know, it, it, I don't think this is that bad. Wait a minute. God gave you an instruction. All you have to do is follow it. It doesn't matter what you think, how you feel, and all that. There's no feelings when it comes to the word of God. I, I shared this the other day. We serve God based on faith, not on feelings. So if God gives me instruction, I don't have to feel like I should do it. I have to do it because he's God. Amen. But unfortunately, the enemy has many Christians in the mindset of delay. And now we're choosing how to serve God. And many false prophets are saying, well, well, that's okay. You know, God understands. We all sin and we all, you know, well, that's not a big deal. That's just, well, I don't think you really have to do that. See, this is exactly what I'm saying, where, where many Christians are, are, are no different than Aaron and the people in the Old Testament. Because I did this example in, in my church. I don't have it with me now, but I just, so you just bear with me and, and I try to get what I'm saying. We have God right here as the God that we serve, Genesis of Revelation. This is God, right? Jesus is the word, John 1, 1, the word became flesh. So this is God, the word. Many Christians are creating their own God. You say, well, how is that? Because we, we, we pick and choose and create our own God. Jesus died on the cross for me. Okay, good. I believe that. Here's, here's me creating a God. Jesus died on the cross for me. I'll take that. Okay, good. I, I believe that. Jesus said, I'll be blessed. The word says, I'll be blessed going in, going out. Good, I'll take that. Okay, that, that, that sounds good. Jesus said, I should tithe. No, I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. So we're not, we don't need that part. He said, I should forgive everybody. No, I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. He said, I should study the word of God. Well, I can sometimes, so, that, so that's okay. I don't need to do that. He says that uh, I'm going to go to heaven. Okay, good. I'm going to do that. Do you see the example here? We pick and choose and create our own God and say, thank you, Jesus. That's not God. That's, right. That's an idol you created. That's right. This is God. Genesis of Revelation. We have to serve him all the way. Amen? Amen. We can't pick and choose certain things and say that I'm serving God. You're not serving God. You created a God. That's not God. That's right. I hope you can see that. Amen. 
Many Christians have fallen into that. Many prophets, I mean, many pastors have fallen into that too. Yes. Serving God how they want, telling people, and it's okay. Yeah. That's not God. Yeah. That's, a man, that's an idol you created, amen? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the enemy uses deception. Uh, the devil's at work. He's busy out there. We have to make sure that that's not happening in my life. See, the whole thing is if God says do something, you can never say, well, I don't think I should, have, I, I should do that. And, and, and I explained this the other day. The devil will always give you reasons why it's okay not to do something. He will always try to give you justification. See, that? See, see the devil brings in deception to make you, you believe a lie that you're still okay with God, even though God says do this and you're not doing it, but you're still okay with God. And then he brings in justification. So now you have reasons why you don't have to do what God says. And you think you're okay with God. We can't be deceived. We have to open up our eyes. These are God's instructions. We just have to follow them. God didn't say, here's my word. Hey, you can decide if you want to do some or not. I mean, it's okay. He didn't say that. We have to follow his word to a T. That's it. The good thing is we have grace. We have power to do God's will. We have power to do God's will. So he's not telling me to do something without giving me what I need. See, that grace is power and equipment for ministry. I can fulfill the ministry he's called me into through his grace, through his power. So we have to see how important that is. Let's go to Luke chapter 12. We'll read a little bit more here. I hope you guys are getting a hold of what we're saying, what the Lord is showing us in his word. But hopefully this will bring it out even more. So in Luke chapter 12, And uh, just write it down and read it later. Don't have to turn there. But in Psalms 119.60, it says, I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. Delayed not to keep that. We don't delay when it comes to obeying God's word. So in Luke chapter 12, we have to see how good this is because we're, we're talking about how they, they, they felt God was delayed. They moved into idolatry. Same things going on with the church. Well, God shows us here, if you were, if you were a, a, a Christian... And, and, and we can fall into the same thing, but let me just read it before, before I, I, I say it here. Well, let me just explain this part, too, as well, because when we, when we go into delay, in other words, when the, when the Israelites went into that uh, idolatry because they felt God was delayed, basically what they were doing was going back to the old things, or, or, or in other words, going, going to, to worshiping uh, uh, not God Almighty, but to the, to the, the ways of the, the Egyptians or the, or the false gods that they, they had back then. So in other words, w- when, you, when you come to God and he, and, he, and he comes into your life, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, behold, all things become new. We, shouldn't, we know that verse. God doesn't like people to go back to the things he took them out of. Because he wants to make you again. Like I said before, Hebrews 12 like himself. So it gets him upset. Because in Hebrews 10.38, don't turn there, just give you some scriptures. Hebrews 10.38, it says, The just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure with him. So this gets God upset. Luke 9.62, it says, No man having put his hand into the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So, so and we'll see, this, this is so important and powerful. So let's read a little bit in Luke 12. In verse 30, uh, 37, he says, Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, 
shall find washing. Truly I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. So he's saying here, we're blessed as servants if we're watching, preparing. We talked about that before, but let's keep going. Look at verse 39. He says, and this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would have come, he would have watched and would have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready. Be ye therefore ready also for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. So we have to be ready. So now we, we, he, the Lord is saying this all in red here. You, if you have your Bible, you see that. Look at verse 41. It says, Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable to us or even to all? So now Peter's asking a question. Okay, Lord, you're saying that we have to be ready. Okay, but are you telling this to, to me or to the disciples, to us, or are you speaking this to everybody? Well, if we went back to verse 22 of this chapter 12, the, verse, the, the, the start of that verse of 22 in chapter 12, it says, And he said unto his disciples, he said unto his disciples. So he's talking to the disciples here. So he really told them, told them who he's speaking to already, going back. But we're, of course, now we're down to a couple more ch- uh, ch- uh, verses in 40. But the Lord still answers Peter's question. He could have said, well, I already, I already was letting you know who I was speaking to. But he, he tells him here in verse 42. And the Lord said, who then is a faithful and wise steward? Who then is a faithful and wise steward? So he's not talking to heathens here. Do you see that? Who is a faithful and wise steward? These are servants of God. These aren't heathens. Now you have to pay attention to this because a lot of people, like again, use false doctrine and say, well, he's not talking to the church. He makes it very clear he's talking to the church. And he said, who then is a faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household and to give them their portion of meat in due season? He says, blessed is that servant whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Again, you're going to be blessed. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. Look at verse 45. This is a key here. But if that servant, so now we're talking to, again, he's talking to us, talking to the disciples, talking to the church. But if that servant says in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming. So, so you see now, he's, if, if that servant says in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to beat his manservants and maidservants and to eat and to be drunken. I'm going to stop there for a minute because th- we, uh, we saw in, in, in Exodus that the, the church thought Moses was delayed. And because of that, they moved into idolatry. Here we see the Lord is saying that if you're a servant of God and you say in your heart, my Lord is delayed and you begin to go back into the old things. That's what he's saying. Uh, beating the servants and so forth, drunk, you know, eating drink with the drunken and so forth. He's, in other words, you're going back to the same old things, idolatry, same thing. So we see the same things here. So it doesn't matter you say you're Christian. If you say in your heart that my Lord is delayed, in other words, you didn't vocally say, well, Lord's not coming back. You know, I got a lot of time. You didn't maybe vocally say that out of your, vo- out of your mouth, but in your heart, that's what's happening. Because now you're living in the old ways, going back to a place of disobedience where God took you out of. So I know you say you're going to church, you're a Christian, all that. Good, good, that's great. But now you're living the old way that you did before God came into your life. So now you're a servant that saying God is delayed. See, we don't read this Bible. We take this personally and say, hmm, am I saying that? Because I'm not really serving God like I did before. I'm not really hungry for God. I'm not really committed to him like I was. I don't really study God's word like I did before. I don't make sure I'm in church all the time. Now I just take it or leave it. Where are we at when it comes to serving God? 
We have to evaluate ourselves. So what does he say was happening? Let me read these verses together because I know I kind of broke it up. So he says, but if the servant says in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to beat his manservants and maidens and to eat and to drink and to be drunken. It says the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him. Not only that. When he looketh not for him and in an hour when he is not aware. See, that's why I said before, you can't say, well, I'm just going to do my own thing. And then later on, I get ready right with God. That's the wrong mentality because he's going to come when you're not looking. When you're not aware. And watch this is the most important part. He says, and, and will cut him asunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Now, this is a servant of God. He's saying, if you said I am delayed and you begin to go back to the old ways of the flesh, your portion will be with the unbelievers. Let me just let that sink in for a minute. Where do the unbelievers go? <laughs> Revelation 21.8 tells us unbelievers do not go to heaven. Now God is saying, if you are a servant who's saying I am delayed, living the old way, going back to the same old things, you're going to be where they are. Oh boy. Come on. See, this word is not a game, church. This is not a joke. We have to make sure that we're serving God according to his word. Now you may say, well, I don't believe it. It doesn't matter what you believe. God's word is not going to change because you don't believe. Come on. You hear what I'm saying? Amen. We have to follow his instruction. He is making it plain. You can read it for yourself. Right? Again, right? The, see, and that's what I like about, you know, has pastor, as far as my senior pastor has trained me as a, you know, in learning the word. Everything I'm showing you is in the scriptures. I'm not making this up. You know what I'm saying? I, I just conjured this thing in my head. No, no, no. Amen. Just a mailman giving you the letter. Amen? Amen. So God is saying this. And I'm showing you scriptures to back it up. So we will be with unbelievers if we are allowing ourselves to be in a state of delay by living the old ways again. He says in verse 47, and the servant which knew the Lord's will. Do you know the Lord's will? We don't want to, we don't want to answer now, right? We, well, no. Yeah, you do. You know the Lord's will. Amen. In other words, you know what God's word says. You know what he requires from you, right? You know that. Sure. So he's telling us, he says, the servant that knew the Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. And you say, well, okay, what's the big deal? I get a little punishment. No, 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 you're not, you're not, you're not getting a hold of this. Because look in the next verse, he says, but he that knew not, he that knew not. So prior, he says, a servant who knew God's will. Now in verse 48, he's saying someone who doesn't know God's will. But he did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. You see that? This is so good here, church, because God is showing us that both are punished. However, the one who knew God's will received more punishment than the one who didn't know. So you, just, so you can't say, well, yeah, I know this about the Bible. I know that. If you know it, you better be doing it. Because if you're not doing it, God is going to hold you accountable for that. Amen? Remember, he's given you power to do his will. Everything God says, you have, you have the power to do it. But I, what we, I, I just want you to see how important this is. The Old, the Old Testament saints we've seen in, bless you, we've seen in Exodus. 
They thought that Moses was delayed, even though he told them, I'm coming again. Church people are in a mindset of delay, even though Jesus said in John 14, I'm coming again. And when he came in the Old Testament with Moses, what happened? They were in the middle of their sin, caught him in the middle of their sin, right? Remember, he was upset. He threw the, sto- the, the tablets down. They broke and so forth. Why? Because they weren't looking for him to come back. They weren't prepared. Hello, church. Are we looking for the Lord to come back? Have we moved into a place of delay to now we're slacking off from serving God the way he requires us to do? We can't let this happen. We've got to stay in a place of being hungry and committed and seeking God. See, in Revelation, uh, you don't have to turn it there, but Revelation 3.3, it says, Remember, therefore, how thou hast received, he's speaking to the church of Sardis here. We know he speaks to the seven churches. He says, Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. We don't want to be in that case uh, as Christians. The Lord, we know he's coming. He said he would come. Did he give us a time frame? No, he didn't. But he said he would come. That's all I need to know. That's all you need to know. So now my job is to make sure that I'm ready. That's all I have to do is make sure that I'm ready every day, making sure that I'm pleasing God. Because every day you're closer to the sound of the trumpet. It's so important that we see this here in Luke 12, such a powerful example. Because, see, again, if you know what God requires, he's he's saying, and, and also you can see this in Matthew 7, when you know what God says, you're not doing it, you will be punished more than someone who didn't know. Just like if you have a child who's older and one's younger and they do the same thing. You get kind of upset more at the older one because they should have known better. They're older. Same thing God is showing us here. You are a servant who knows my will, and you're doing the same thing the heathen is doing or living in a lifestyle that I took you out of. You know better than that. You'll be punished more. You see that? This is God's word. We can't take it lightly. Isaiah 128, it talks about the destruction of the transgressor and the sinner shall be together. Read it when you go home. Again, these are scriptures I'm giving you. It's God's word. I'm not just making these things up. Isaiah 128. The destruction of the transgressor and the sinner shall be together. What is the Lord showing us here? Who's a transgressor? That's someone who was doing God's will and transgressed from God's commandments. He's saying you're going to be destroyed and punished just like the someone who was a sinner. The Lord just showed us that in Luke 12. You're going to be with the unbelievers. Now, the, the punishment is different, but you're going to the same place. Do you see that? See, and, and we've learned this in our, in our church as well. There, there, there's different degrees of punishment just as well as, like, for example, if these priests and different things, pedophiles and these kids and all that, it's ridiculous. They'll be punished more than someone who didn't even know the word of God. You see that? Because you're supposed, you're supposed to be an example. And you're doing things worse than someone who didn't know. You'll be punished more. You, you see that? So they're both being punished, but one is punished more than the other. Just as well as rewards. If we're doing more things for God, if I'm doing less than you, then you'll be, punished, you'll be rewarded more than me. You see what I'm saying? Same thing. God's going to reward us for what we're doing for him. So we need to focus on that. So again, we have to understand that. Don't let the enemy move you into the mindset of delay. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 3. We're almost done. Just hang in there. Amen. What time are we? I'm not sure how long you guys go, but I know it's Wednesday. I kind of went over a little bit, so I'll give you a break today. Amen. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I didn't, I didn't know what, what the time was, and it just, um, but it kind of worked out, I think. 
So look at 2 Peter chapter 3. This is also, I mentioned this before, but we're going to read a little bit of it here. God's word is so good. I mean, it's so, it's so powerful. You know, I sometimes say, I feel bad for people who don't know God or don't have a relationship with the Lord because they don't know what they're missing out on. You know, someone who loves you so much that he's telling you what's going to happen before it happens so you can be ready. You know, people, for example, who people who maybe lose loved ones, my wife and I have been, uh, been involved in a lot of people who's passed away recently. Just seems like one, one after the next, different people we know, different things, just like, what is, what's going on? People are just, you know, but, but, but we know, according to God's word, in a situation where we know the people who knew the Lord, then praise God, right? They're going to be with the Lord. We'll see them again one day. But if you don't have that hope, you know what I mean? Like the Bible says, Thessalonians, we have hope in Christ. We have hope in the word. If you don't have that, this is why people, str- what, what, they don't have nothing to turn to. You see what I'm saying? We at least have God to be comforted during these difficult times. That's why it's so important that you have to let your loved ones know about God. You just can't say, well, I'm a Christian. I go to church. Yeah, but what about so-and-so? What if something happened to them? Where are they going to go? Amen? You know the word. You're, see, we have another. See, God's word is so good, I'm telling you. In Matthew, I think it's 24, 25, he talks about the, um, the servants. He talks about servants, one, uh, the, or, or the talents. And he says one had one talent, one had two, and one uh, had four or five. And, and, and God just, he, he's saying, if, you, if you're a servant who have a talent, in other words, you, you know who Christ is, you have his word, and, and you are just sitting on it or you're burying that thing. And then when he says, well, what did you do with this talent or this gift that I gave you? What are we going to say? Well, we can read the example of that. He, he called him a wicked servant, slothful servant, because you buried the talent. You buried the gift. God didn't just call you. See, praise God that you received Christ. But now he wants to use you to, to share the word with somebody else. Amen. At least try to at least say something. Do something. Don't just, you know, you have to try. If they reject you, then, okay, you shake the dust, you tried. But at least you tried. Amen. Don't be ashamed of him or he'll be ashamed of you. That's what the Bible says. So we, we, we can't be ashamed. I mean, this is God. So we, you know, let him, let him use you as a vessel to bring someone else into the kingdom. I mean, God has a plan for every one of our lives. He didn't just call you into the kingdom and that's it. Now he wants to use you now as a vessel to touch someone else's life. But we have to grow spiritually. A lot of spirit to lead us, give us the word to speak and all these things. So let's look at chapter uh, 3 of 2 Peter. And in verse 9 he says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness. But is long suffering toward us, to, uh, toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See what I'm saying? See, and, and and this is what you know. Sometimes my pastor talks about. You know, he doesn't, he can't see how the Lord hadn't come back already because this world is so evil and messed up, and it's not getting better. It's just getting worse. The Lord could have come back already. He's like, why? You know, but this is why the Lord. But he understands, of course. He's just saying it's just uh, something to where we're living. But this is Lord. The Lord explains to us why he hasn't come back right here, or hasn't come back yet, long-suffering, patient. He's not wanting anyone to perish, but willing that he wants everyone to come to repentance. Now, will everyone come to repentance? No, they won't, but he's giving us, giving us time to try to get more souls into the kingdom. See, because that word slack there in, in verse 9, the Lord is not slack. It means to, to delay or to be slow. So, so the Lord is not delayed, church. I hope you see how all these things tied in together from Exodus, Luke, now Peter. He's not delayed. He's just long-suffering. He's patient, trying to get, give, give us time to be ready. What if, because if he came back, nobody probably wouldn't anybody be left. I mean, be, not left, but be ready to go up. 
So he's giving us time to make it right and then as well try to get others to be ready to go up as well. So he's not late. He's not delaying. He's long-suffering. But he does say in verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works therein shall be burnt up. So again, that's the judgment of God is coming. We just have to make sure that we're prepared. Go to James chapter 5. More verses here to kind of prove what we're saying as far as the Lord is not delayed. He said he's coming back. He's not delayed. He's long-suffering. He, he's, he's just giving uh, the church more time. Because it's so powerful that he said in, to, and said in Peter that he's long-suffering to usward. Now, Peter, he's talking to the church. So he's saying God is giving you and me and many people more time to be ready, time to, to be used to, to try to get our families saved. And, and, and the thing is, like, you know, my pastor says all the time, if... if we can tell our family members, hey, God says you need to know him as your personal Savior. You need to receive him in your heart and so forth. Become born again. Give a life to him. You know, study his word. Obey his commandments. If they receive it or reject it, it's up to them. But we can also tell them that, hey, guess what? There is going to come a time when they're going to be ready to give out a mark. I don't know how, you know, how much your pastor has talked about that. But, you know, we know that's also, it's already, it's already there. I think he, he, he mentioned that as well at our church. I'm sure he mentioned it here. It's already out there. So we need to make sure that we tell our family members when they want to give this mark out, I'm not going to be here. Make sure you don't take it either. Make sure you don't take it either. Because if you do, the book of Revelation says you'll never get into heaven. So we need to let them know what's happening. You see what I'm saying? You know what's happening so we can tell them. So then when it happens, say, oh, yeah, you know what? So-and-so did tell me about this, you know. And we have to thank the Lord that they would not receive it. So this is where we're living in. This times we're living in, church. Look at James chapter 5, verse 7. He says, be patient, therefore, brethren. See that? Be patient. We need to say that when we're driving. Be patient. Be patient. <laughs> we need that, amen? So he says, be patient. I remember there was a, one of our associate pastors said that he thinks angels are driving in these cars and the Lord testing us every day as we're driving. We're just getting tested. Someone cutting you off and he wants to see what you're going to do. But I'm saying that's a test out there. You've got to be praying when you're driving, singing and stuff. So he says, be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. So we have to be patient. The Lord is coming, but we have to be patient for it. He says, behold, the husbandman waited for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. See that? So then he says in verse 8, be ye also patient. Right? Not only is God patient, he's saying, now nah, you have to be patient. Establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. You see that? He's coming. He said he would come. It's coming soon. He's coming quickly, speedily. But be patient. It may not happen tomorrow or the next day. Be patient. He's coming. He said he would come. In other words, stay grounded in God's word. Don't get distracted. Don't, don't let things come into your life and not pull you away from God, pull you away from church. Now you don't study God's word anymore. No, no, no. Stay focused and stay committed to doing what God would have you to do. See, we can't let God's long-suffering and his patience, don't let the enemy turn that in to delay. You see what I'm saying? Don't, don't let the enemy use God's patience to get you in the mindset now of, well, I know God got, he's not coming right now. I got a lot of time. Don't do that. Because when you do that, what happens is you start going back to that old person you were before you came to God. See, so we're always striving to please God. And that's why, you know, some of you guys or maybe some of you ladies too know when you work out 
you're always trying to uh, become better, like a lot of athletes. They want to get better. So they, they, let's say, we, we, if you know Steph Curry, if you watch basketball, he, he's a very good three-point shooter. He shoots a lot of threes when he's not playing any games. In other words, when he's practicing, shooting a lot of threes, a lot of threes, a lot of threes. But for him to pr- improve, he, he just can't keep doing the same thing that he was doing before. He has to do more because he wants to get better. So what I'm saying is same thing spiritually when it comes to us serving God. You, you might have been reading for 15 minutes a day and praying for 10 or whatever the case is. I'm just saying as an example. If you want to please God more and get more connected, stronger, another place, another level, you need to start doing more. You see that? You need to start doing more. Same thing. If I'm exercising, lifting 100 pounds, I can't keep doing 100 pounds if I want to grow. I got to start doing more. See that? Same thing spiritually. We, 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 need to, we, we want more of God, but we, can't, we, we don't want to do more to get more of God. Amen? See, we, we get what we put in. You see that? What are you putting in? Well, that's what you're getting back. Well, I don't feel like I'm that strong spiritually. Well, because you're not really giving God enough time. You don't study and dig into his word. You don't let his word speak to you. See, I don't just read this word and say, okay, I read my Bible today. Okay, no, no, no. I pray first. Lord, teach me. show me what you want me to see here as I'm studying. Speak to me in the word of God. Amen? Amen. That's what we have to do. So we have to be patient. The Lord is coming. John 14, he says it here. He, the Lord's coming. He draws nigh. Don't move into a delay. Let's read a, four, a few more, and then I promise we'll, we'll be done. In Hebrews chapter 10, 37, it says, For yet a little while, see, for yet a little while, it's not a long time, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. So he's coming, church. Don't let yourself change your mindset to the, to the delay. And one more in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 7. He says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. See, that's so powerful. Think about what he said there. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, moved with fear. What did he do? Prepared an ark to the saving of his house. By the which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. So, in other words, what is God showing us here? He's saying, he's warning the church. He's saying, look, the signs are there. I told you I'm coming. You haven't seen the the rapture. We didn't see it take place. We didn't see some of these things that he says in the book of Revelation. But if you believe God by faith, you trust that what he says is is what he says and it's going to happen. So because I believe what he's saying by faith, I am moving with fear. What does that mean? That means that I have so much reverence and respect for what he says that I'm going to prepare myself for the coming of the Lord. I'm not just going to slack off and say, yeah, yeah, I know he says that, but no, no, no. I have faith, I have fear, and I reverence and respect his word. That's another thing that people have lost in the church. That's another message. You have to keep the fear of God. When you lose the fear of God, your relationship with God goes down the tubes. Why is that? Because now you think you know better than God. We have to be careful of that. See, we, 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 again, we don't say this verbally, but we show this with our actions. Amen. And the enemy puts things in our mind, and we think, yeah, well, that's not really that bad. Who, according to who? All of a sudden, now you're God and can determine what's wrong and right? He didn't create you for that. He just created you to please him, Revelation 4.11. And we have to do that by having faith by what he says. I know he's coming. He said it in John 14. He says it in many places. And because I believe him, 
I'm going to build my house and prepare for his coming. You have to build your house and prepare for his coming. Don't be in a place of delay. Because those who are delayed, we see where they ended up in Luke 12 with the unbelievers. Amen? Amen. Let's stand on our feet, I guess, and have a prayer before we go.